Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Midweek War. We are here to talk the second round of the Cruiserweight Classic, and I'm Mad Mike. You know who I am. With me, as always, is the voice of Inspire Pro Wrestling, Eamon Payton. How are you, sir? I am fantastic, particularly after watching this week's Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah, this has been a really great, great tournament. It's <laughs> just great all around. All right, uh, so we do we do this one a little differently. If you guys are new, welcome. Hi, I'm Mad Mike. Nice to meet you. Um, we just basically go through each match. There's no good, bad change. There's no word. We just talk because it's just straight wrestling, Holmes. So, Eamon, what was the first match we were treated to? The first match uh, of the uh, this episode's second round uh, action is uh, Akira Tozawa of Japan taking on Jack Gallagher of the UK. Uh, and holy crap, was this fun. This this might be my... I mean, I'm not going to say my favorite match in all of the Cruiserweight Classic, because that's a tall order. Yeah. But it's definitely top three or four, I think. This was the match I was very happy with in the fact that I didn't... This match, I did not know what it was going to look like going in, because both of these men have very very different styles. Um, and they work so well together. Um, uh, it was just really cool to see. Um, Jack Gallagher was awesome in this. Um, and, and I think it, it also, I think the reason it works so well is because um, Akira Tozawa is so expressive. Yeah. Both, like, I think both visually, he, visually and vocally, too. And vocally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, he's really, I think, is... And that's unlike a lot of Japanese wrestlers, is that he's able to kind of bridge that gap as far as, uh, you know, expressing himself in a sense. Because I think a lot of people have that perception with Japanese or even Mexican wrestlers that they can't. It's that old Vince Russo thing of like, you know, no one's going to get behind a, a wrestler that they can't understand their language, you know. And I think that Akira kind of proves that that doesn't always have to be the case. And then. Just some of the like some of the holds he was putting him in, like and how like he would just be like yelling and stuff like that. Like it was it was perfect. And um, Jack Gallagher working on that leg the whole match. Very, very I love the psychology in this. Mm-hmm. Um also it had it definitely had two of my favorite spots in all of the CWC. Yes. <laughs> There's one spot where Jack Gallagher has like um like a heel hook on. But he has it on so that Jack so that Gallagher's laying out like he's being drawn by Leo DiCaprio on Titanic. Mm-hmm. And, and Tazawa's just trying to reach for the rope and Gallagher's just like waving at him. Yeah. It's really the best thing. Like um someone needs to make that a gif immediately. And yeah. uh, and, and the other spot. I don't even know how you do this. He made Tazawa almost make himself tap out. It was really spectacular. It's an old, um, it's it's straight up like the only person I can think of that I've seen do this is like Mike Quackenbush, in the way that you basically tie your up your opponent in a ball and then like roll them on their side to where they cannot like they cannot escape. And uh, it it was so great because you could tell like Tazawa was in pain, but even the referee didn't know what to do. Like if that ended the match, that would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it got even more amazing where Gallagher just went up and kicked him in the butt. 
<laughs> just kicked him in the butt like it was a soccer tee, uh, tip off. Just awesome. If, if you're not watching this show, seriously, what the fuck is wrong with you? Watch a Cruiserweight Classic. It's goddamn amazing. It's it's the reason to have the network right now. It is yeah. the reason. Like, if you told me I was paying ten dollars for each round of the Cruiserweight Classic, take all my money. Just take but, it. but what about Holy Foley though? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, did, did, no, did, did you see that preview, Eamon? I did not. Um, okay, don't 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 do it. Um, uh, I also, going back to your, what you mentioned about the Gallagher working on his leg, which I really loved in this match, that finish, he quick, Cesaro quick German suplexes him. And then I, I, I like how you said Cesaro. Did I say Cesaro? You I said Cesaro. Cesaro. I meant Cesaro. It, 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 yeah. It, it, it could have very well been Cesaro. I also really love the line, amazing line that Brian dropped about, Forget Brock Lesnar. Akira Tozawa throws the best German suplex, and I would fully agree. Because Brock, Brock's German's good, but it's just the, the the appeal to it is that he doesn't care where the guy lands. <laughs> he, yeah, Brock, Brock just does half of it. Yeah. <laughs> Brock, Brock doesn't do a follow-through. He just whoop. Right. He just tosses but Tiz- somebody. But Tozawa's, I think, is perfect. And the best was the delayed German suplex where Gallagher tries to reach down towards his leg. And, but Tazaro just powers him over. So yeah, good. It was really and and now do you consider this an upset? See, I was in between on this because I think either of them could have been good. I I would think Gallagher would have been more of an upset just because Gallagher has more had or because Tazawa had more of a name before the tournament. Okay, see, cause me cause me, the way they've been pushing uh, Jack Gallagher, I consider this an upset. I yes. consider based on what WWE has done with this, right. I consider this an upset, which I was shocked, shocked yeah. that Gallagher lost this match. I was, I was, I was thinking Gallagher was going to win it, but yeah, I was, I was, I. It's an upset, I think, in your perspective, I, but yet, like I said, like in mine, like I knew more, I knew more of Tazawa going in than I do of, of Gallagher, so I think in that sense. But but at the same oh, no. time, well, don't get me wrong. I I knew about Tazawa and stuff. I'm just saying the way WWE right, yeah, yeah. is portrayed it because bracketology they had a big thing on Jack Gallagher. Uh, basically, every round they've had a big thing on Jack Gallagher. And I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. Ju- I just thought that WWE was saying, "Hey, this is gonna be one of the guys that's in the Final Four. Like, but he wasn't, and it's awesome. And I think it would have been. I think it would have been interesting because other than Graham Metallic, it seems like there's a lot of more UK based stuff on the left side of the tournament. Um, uh, and, and I think it's it's interesting. It's interesting that he did get taken out because I think I think Saber's kind of a shoe in to go forward. Um, we saw Noam Dar advance this week. Spoiler, alert. Um, but I, I think yeah. Um, I was gonna say we're about to talk about it. Damon. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, like I I think it's cool that Tazawa advanced and, and kind of you know I liked it more than Koda is you know advancing from the Japanese side of things. Um, and and just his work afterwards, like he really even sold the sold the leg after the match, which I think was really great. Um, and yeah, I thought this was really fun. Yeah, but definitely definitely one of the more the more fun matches that we've had. Um, all right, so what was the next match that you possibly already spoiled? <laughs> that I possibly already spoiled uh, was uh, Noam Dar taking on uh, Ho Ho Loon of China. Yes. Um, this was good. This was a to me. These were two guys. 
better showings in this match than they had in their respective first round matches? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I, I think Ho-Ho Loon had a better first round match. Yeah. No, M. Dar looked better this round. But Ho-Ho Loon, I, I feel, had a better first round match. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, and this match was it was it was fine. Um, I didn't really think there was anything too not like I'm still not sold on Noam Dar. I'm not like I I don't. I think his get it. his his style is very like bare bones in a sense. Like it's not like overly flashy. It's not like overly like based in like a specific style. I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he kind of you know he kind of. Not blends, but he's, like... He's, he sticks out because he doesn't have a specific yeah. style like that. Right, because he's not like Saber, where he's like specifically doing like the map-based style. He's not like Kodo with the kicks. He's not like Grand Metallic with the high flank. He's kind of like... He's uh, not it, even he's like Kendrick like, with the Desperate Veteran stuff. Like, it's going to sound like an insult when I say this, and I don't mean it to, but he's kind of like your average indie wrestler. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, they're a good wrestler, but they don't have a specific... He's, he's kind of like a Johnny Gargantas, maybe, is the closest I can think of, where Johnny isn't really defined by like a certain way that he wrestles. He's just a good wrestler. If that makes sense? Um, I'm trying to... He, he, You know what he reminds me of? And I don't mean this as an insult, because I know a lot of people like this guy. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of Roderick Strong. Yeah, I can see that. And And... For any of you guys who watched our midweek wars about Ring of R, you know I'm not a fan of Roderick Strong. <laughs> Just... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not either. There's a lot of people who are, and I think it's because of that indie kind of, yeah, you know. But that, he, that he reminds me. Of, he reminds me a lot of Roddy. Like, there's nothing specific about Noam Dar that strikes me. Like, not even his backstory. I would have. I feel like he should have more of a backstory. And yeah, feel, like like Ho-Ho Loon saying that first he w- thought he was getting trained in wrestling but was actually getting trained in judo is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that is so awesome. And I like that, like, like because I feel like Noam Dar has stuff. Like, his type said, um, uh, what is it, no role models or something like that? Yeah. Or some, something along those lines. I feel like he has stuff that they're just not commenting on for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like... Like I feel like if, if there was gonna be one big underdog match, it should have been Ho Ho Loon. Yeah, because Noam think... Dar seems like the kind of guy they're gonna sign anyway, and I feel like Ho Ho Loon being the only representative from China, like being one of the guys that started wrestling in Hong Kong, like mm-hmm. that's a cool story to carry over. And I don't know. I think also I think the crowd didn't take to Ho Ho Loon as much. And I think the reason is because I don't think the crowd fully realizes there's a difference between Chinese wrestling and Japanese wrestling. And also, they couldn't come up with a funny chant for him. They almost did. They, no, they, they tried. They, they, they tried something in this. Image. Oh, oh, oh! I was gonna get to it when we finished discussing the actual match. Um, um, but but him and Jason Lee, like I think Jason Lee was more kind of could lean more towards like a Japanese style, but I think people need to realize that the Chinese style isn't the same as the Japanese style. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And like, cause I, one thing I noticed, and I think is something that puts crowds off was that when, when Ho Ho Loon would kick someone, 
uh, he wouldn't make the sound. Like he wouldn't do the like, clapping sound. And and that's because you're not because some people just aren't taught that way. You're, you're, ta- yeah. you know. you're just taught to kick someone. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're just taught to so, kick. Like sometimes that crowd is those kind of crowds are trained to where if somebody kicks, you need to hear a sound. Like with it. like if there's a chop, but if it, it's like one of the heavy chops where it thuds instead of like snaps. Yeah, sometimes crowds will shit on yeah. it, and it's like. And I'm sorry, those those chops that thud hurt way more than the chops that make noise. <laughs> right, exactly. It's a, it's a true it's, fact. It's just that kind of weird mentality about it. But like, yeah. I, I, I think that's kind of... Also, and, and no one won with a, uh, uh, the knee bar again. Uh, uh, both matches where guys worked on the leg. I, I did like the, the psychologiness of him working on the leg, particularly when Noam hit the... Or no, when Ho-Ho Loon hit that... Um, I think it was a Germany hit. And yeah. then couldn't bridge on the leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was good. I, I thought that. Was I really think Tazawa did something like that too. The first time he uh, go, went for a German. Yeah, it was really good. Um, that in that sense, I like. I want to see. So Noam advances. He's facing the winner of Zack Saber and um, Gulak. Uh, Drew Gulak. Uh, and I think that will hopefully be the match that. Sells me a no no. I really hope so because right now because he's because res- they mentioned that he's wrestled Saber in the past. Mm-hmm. So I I want to say that that if because my prediction is Saber will advance. Well yeah naturally um, yeah yeah uh, I like to think that that match will be really good yeah um, and maybe we'll sell it but um full sale we need to have a talk <laughs> we need to have a talk his name is Noam Dar not Noam Darth. Don't do a Star Wars theme. Just, just don't. Dar, I, I, dar, dar, I, dar, 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 dar. You sound like idiots. Just, just, I just, think, just chant. No wham, dar. No wham, dar. It's an easy name to chant. Here's my thing, though. It, I, I'm, I'm fine with the full cell crowd doing that kind of thing at times, where they make, um, chants. Like song based off chants, like the Enzo stuff. I know that was a London thing, okay, or whatever. But but, it but has to but make when sense. You do it, I know, but not even that. But like when you do it all the time, like it makes those feel lesser than. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you can't you can't chant everyone's gonna kill you. Like you can't <laughs> chant Joe's gonna kill you. You can't chant Shinsuke's gonna kill you. You can't chant no, Austin's gonna kill you. All in the same show. You can't do that. Like, well, oh. that, no, 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 no. I think that because those are more u- utilitarian wrestling chants. But when you're doing parodies of songs as chants, I think that's the part that kills me. But that because... wasn't even a parody of the song. That was just doing the song. But that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> like when you're doing song, when you're doing song-based chants, like you need. I, I hate it because it. You can almost hear them thinking it out. You can almost hear them thinking. What would be? A, what's a song where we can use this last thing? But see, Amen, Amen. See, therein lies the problem. Like, when they're thinking, right, no. when they're thinking of a chant, they're not watching the fucking match. No, I agree. The, Watch and, and, the match. And that's what I'm saying. And and what I'm I'm saying is that also lessens those organic ones that the NXT crowd has created, like the Enzo Amore chant to um, uh, Seven Nation Army, like that stuff is now iconic and part of WWE, you know, um, they're doing it on Raw now and stuff like that, and that's cool. But if you do song-themed chants for everyone, it doesn't work as well. Like, it makes all of them seem lesser. All of them seem less special. That's my thing about it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's my, my call to the full sale crowd. I know you're trying to be creative, but you need to save yeah, so, it. From, sometimes you, need sometimes to, you, you can need, just watch the match. It's, yeah, think of it from like a, if, if you're a wrestler trying to pull out a, a big move. Save it. Save it for when it's really good and really appropriate. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it just seemed like they didn't know what to do at a certain point in a match. And instead of being quiet and watching a show like most crowds do, they were like, oh, 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 we need to say something. We're not talking. We need to talk. Hey, words, words. D- Star Wars. Star Wars are words. Dar, 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 dar. Like, can I just say, I would really love if a wrestling crowd just started yelling words. <laughs> I, I, I would love that. I would, I would pop for that. Um, but yeah. Like, it, 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 it reminds me of, Eamon, did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? I've seen some episodes, yeah. Okay, there, there, there's one part that, that came to my mind, like, where um, two of the characters are trying to pretend not to be listening to other people talking, and the, and one of them's like, oh, we should be saying something now. We we should be talking. Like, why, why aren't we doing something? People are going to think we're suspicious or we're not interested. Like, words, <laughs> phrases, catchphrase. Like, they're, they're just saying... Yeah. I will say that actually, and I'm sorry we're going into a fan discussion that was pretty classic. But like, that's actually I think kind of an interesting thought, like a thought process because I've felt that to a degree sometimes in wrestling when I'm a fan watching a show. Like, if you ever hear like the, um, I'm the kind of person that if there's a lull, I'll start doing the slow clap, like build up clap, because I'm impulsed to do it. Okay. Because okay. I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like nothing's happening right now. Everyone's <laughs> quiet. I need to start this chant to, so okay, the wrestlers right. don't feel like they're, you know, losing everyone. And, like, and I understand that. But sometimes, and I think even wrestlers know, you have to be okay with comfortable silences. Yeah. Like, there are times where we know, like, it's a rest hold or it's a setup hold, and you don't really have to chant during that. Like, you don't have to do, you don't have to chant during entire matches. You don't. And I know I'm saying this now, and I'm probably going to be one of those assholes chanting during everything at TakeOver. But <laughs> but still, I'm just like, there are a lot of times where I go to wrestling shows and I just shut the fuck up. Hmm. It's like having a conversation. You, you have to be okay with comfortable silences. It doesn't really work so much on like podcasts, because if you do comfortable silences, then people just think something happened with their iPads. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or like if you're doing commentary, Eamon, even then, well, like, no, 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 I, I don't think that works because sometimes silence works. Sometimes you gotta let stuff breathe. But like, yeah, especially on impact. It's more the more silence, the better. <laughs> let's not talk about that. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's keep talking. Yes, keep talking the last this match this week, Eamon. What was it? Uh, last match of this week was that Anthony Me taking on Brian Kendrick. Uh, I, I, one, this match is great. Two, I really love the opening of this match where he just kicks him immediately. Just, Beats the fuck out of Brian. Like, oh. It's so good. I don't know if Brian Kendrick is supposed to be a heel or a face. I don't know, but I'm okay with not knowing. Because I think he, like, whether he's a heel or a face legitimately just depends on who he's wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't think he was. I like this match because I think Brian wasn't over. Brian's one of the least flashier people in this tournament. And I think. Which is ironic. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Given the Brian Kendrick, like what he's done in the past, that's pretty ironic. Yeah, I, but I love it. Like I think it works. He's playing a really great character. He's playing a great role, and and I just uh, the, 
Anthony Nice, I think, obviously uh, his ma- his first match in the tournament kind of fell flat because of some of you know stuff that was happening, but he really delivered here. I thought he was awesome in this mm-hmm. match. Yeah, he was uh, much more impressive this match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I was really really excited with what he uh, with what he put forward. And the finish where where Kendrick actually just like did the the cruiserweight version of the Undertaker sit up was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like. Brian using the bully choke. That's I really love that as a submission. It's, it's Cause, really because like you wouldn't think someone like Brian Kendrick would use a submission where he just wrenches your neck up, but here we are. I also love that Nice countered it the first time he tried to do it by just standing up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I thought that was really really good. Um, yeah, there was a lot of ca- uh, back and forth. And Nice got I said well I say that Nice got a lot of offense in this, and I think yeah. that was the right way to go about it. Yeah, because uh, Kendrick definitely played like the baby he's in peril for a good majority of the match. And also, I think it just works with his character being the idea that he's the veteran in this tournament. He's trying to prove that he still has it in a sense. So I think I like that he's these newer guys he's stepping into the ring with, and he's kind of getting worked down by them a lot. And he's also the oldest guy in the tournament now. Yeah. So yeah, but I'm aiming. Brian Kendrick versus Kota Ibushi. That's gonna be. I don't know what that match looks like. I yeah. fuck. I I don't know what that looks like. I don't know who wins. I just want to see it. Yeah. Like, cause cause when I saw Kota versus Cedric, I'm like, okay, I pretty much know where that one's gonna go, and I know kind of what that's gonna look like. This one, fuck. It's uh-huh. it's gonna. God damn, it's gonna be so good. I can't wait. I can't wait. I wish it was taking place later in the tournament. Uh, yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, so, Eamon, we've been doing this thing. Um, every loser this week, who would you want WWE to sign? Uh, I think this one is kind of – I obviously, all of them are great um, from this week's show. Jack Gallagher, I think – deserves to be signed. I think he has earned the audience's love. I would love to see, I don't know, like, because obviously they're bringing a bunch of cruiserweights from this to Raw for the cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. I want it. I hope they bring someone like a Gallagher because I hope they don't just bring all the guys that are traditional cruiserweights, like the Lucha Libre, high-flying, that style of wrestler. I hope they bring some map-based guys too, you know? Yeah. Um, I... I mean, I, my first pick was going to be Gallagher, but I'm not going to repeat the one you said. So I'm going to go Ho-Ho Loon. Okay. I feel like Ho-Ho Loon would really shine on Raw, especially against like a guy like Neville. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be awesome. Or even like throw him in with Sami Zayn. I think that would be a really, really fun match. Yeah. I, I think that would be really great. And plus, it, to my knowledge, like I and I have a pretty good wrestling memory. I don't remember anyone who is billed from China who actually who actually was from China. Because you don't think of a lot of people that are built from China from WWE. Yeah, I I can't think. There's a lot of Japan, even a few like Mongolians, but I cannot remember like someone billed and booked from China. Yeah, like I think the closest thing we had was China, and that's not even close at all. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I I would like to see that kind of representation on WWE for sure. And I I think I think they could use it, especially you know they they've expanded into China now. They've had shows there. 
they just signed the um they didn't they just sign the Chinese athlete, the seven foot tall one? Oh yeah, yeah. And and I mean John Cena speaks Mandarin for Christ's sake. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's team up John Cena and Ho Ho Loon. That's they, they strange, would be okay. an, they would be an unstoppable tag team because they could speak in Mandarin to each other and no one would know what they were talking about. Jesus. <laughs> could you imagine that? God damn it. Oh. When I get WWE 2K17, I'm downloading a Ho Ho Loon creator wrestler, and him and John Cena <laughs> are gonna be my tag champs. God. That's gonna happen, Eamon. Alrighty, so Eamon, um where do you rank the Cruiserweight Classic this week? Uh Cruiserweight Classic's number one this week. Uh really, really fun action. Uh like we say every week. Uh really, really great stuff this week in the tournament. Yeah, uh, it's number one for me this week, too. And I can't stress how, like, we didn't even mention it this week, basically. The commentary on this show is so good. It it's is really so, good. Yeah, like, yeah. so goddamn good. I, if I had one wrestling wish right now, it would be to replace JBL and Brian on SmackDown. Just mm-hmm. Morrow and Brian have such a great rapport with each other, and they're only getting better. Like, ah, uh, I, I just want to see more of them. Like, I want to hear more of them. They they have a really really good chemistry with each other. Totally, yeah. Uh, so we also got the final uh, matches next week for the second round, uh, uh, and I'll just run through those real quick. We got Lindsay Dorado against Rich Swan. Uh, that'll be happening. We've got Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Drew Gulak, and then in the main event of the round two, we got Johnny Gargano and T.J. Perkins. Um, so those are all looking to be really, really fun stuff. I think next week's going to be really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of if they're airing them in that order, I kind of like that Johnny Gargano's like the main event of every round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think that's, I think that's a really interesting way of doing it, especially because like he's the known guy from NXT. Like, I, I just think this is really fun. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so, Eamon, where can the people of the internet find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Amen to Please. You can also check out uh, the wrestling pro show. I'm involved with Fire Pro Wrestling over at InspireProWrestling.com. We just had a show last Sunday that featured WWE Cruiserweight uh, Classic competitor Lindsay Dorado. Uh, uh, keep an eye out on our social media and, and that when that event will be out because you'll want to check that out. Uh, it was a really, really fun match he was in. So, uh, yeah, go support us. Alrighty, you can find me at MadMike4883 on the Twitter machine. Also, hit up our uh, Twitter page at Mayhem Show. Hit up our Facebook group. Tell us what you think about the Cruiserweight Classic. And if you're if you're not watching it, we'll give you more reasons on the Facebook group why you should be watching it because it's really really good wrestling. All right. Um. So for Eamon Payton, I'm Mad Mike, and this has been your Mid Week One.